0: Section 32 of Theory of Colours This is a LibriVox recording All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain For more information or to volunteer Please visit LibriVox.org Theory of Colours by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe Translated by Charles Eastlake Recording by Chris Gray Part L. Minerals 613 the colours of minerals are all of a chemical nature, and thus the modes in which they are produced may be explained in a general way by what has been said on the subject of chemical colours. 614. Among the external characteristics of minerals, the description of their colours occupies the first place, and great pains have been taken, in the spirit of modern times, to define and arrest every such appearance exactly. By this means... However, new difficulties, it appears to us, have been created, which occasion no little inconvenience in practice. 615. It is true, this precision, when we reflect how it arose, carries with it its own excuse. The painter has at all times been privileged in the use of colours. The few specific hues, in themselves, admitted of no change. But from these innumerable gradations, were artificially produced, which imitated the surface of natural objects. It was, therefore, not to be wondered at that these gradations should also be adopted as criterions, and that the artists should be invited to produce tinted patterns with which the objects of nature might be compared, and according to which they were to receive their designations. 616. But, after all, the terminology of colours which has been introduced in mineralogy is open to many objections the terms for instance have not been borrowed from the mineral kingdom as was possible enough in most cases but from all kinds of visible objects too many specific terms have been adopted and in seeking to establish new definitions by combining these the nomenclatures have not reflected that they thus altogether efface the image from the imagination and the idea from the understanding lastly these individual designations of colours, employed to a certain extent as elementary definitions, are not arranged in the best manner as regards their respective derivation from each other. Hence, the scholar must learn every single designation and impress an almost lifeless but positive language on his memory. The further consideration of this would be too foreign to our present subject. Footnote 1 These remarks have reference to the German mineralogical terminology. Minus T. Part L. I. Plants. 617. The colours of organic bodies in general may be considered as a higher kind of chemical operation, for which reason the ancients employed the word concoction to designate the process. All the elementary colours, as well as the combined and secondary hues, appear on the surface of organic productions, while on the other hand, the interior, if not colourless, appears, strictly speaking, negative when brought to the light. As we propose to communicate our views respecting organic nature, to a certain extent, in another place, we only insert here what has been before connected with the doctrine of colours, while it may serve as an introduction to the further consideration of the views alluded to, and first, of plants. 618. Seeds, bulbs, roots, and what is generally shut out from the light or immediately surrounded by the earth appear for the most part white 619 Plants reared from seed in darkness are white or approaching to yellow light on the other hand in acting on their colours act at the same time on their form 620 Plants which grow in darkness make it is true long shoots from joint to joint but the stems between two joints are thus longer than they should be no side stems are produced and the metamorphosis of the plant does not take place 621 light on the other hand places it at once in an active state the plant appears green and the course of the metamorphosis proceeds uninterruptedly to the period of reproduction 622 we know that the leaves of the stem are only preparations and pre-significations of the instruments of florification and fruitification and accordingly we can already see colours in the leaves of the stem which, as it were, announce the flower from afar, as in the case of the amaranthus. 623. There are white flowers whose petals have wrought or refined themselves to the greatest purity. There are coloured ones in which the elementary hues may be said to fluctuate to and fro. There are some which, in tending to the higher state, have only partially emancipated themselves from the green of the plant. 624. Flowers of the same genus, and even of the same kind, are found of all colours. Roses, and particularly mallows, for example, vary through a great portion of the colorific circle from white to yellow, then through red-yellow to bright red, and from thence to the darkest hue it can exhibit as it approaches blue 625 Others already begin from a higher degree in the scale as, for example, the poppy which is yellow-red in the first instance and which afterwards approaches a violet hue 626 Yet the same colours in species, varieties and even in families and classes, if not constant, are still predominant especially the yellow colour. Blue is throughout rarer. 627 A process somewhat similar takes place in the juicy capsule of the fruit, for it increases in colour from the green through the yellowish and yellow up to the highest red, the colour of the rind thus indicating the degree of ripeness. Some are coloured all round, some are only on the sunny side, in which Last case, the augmentation of the yellow into red. The gradations crowding in and upon each other may be very well observed. 628. Many fruits, too, are coloured internally. Pure red juices, especially, are common. 629. The colour which is found superficially in the flower and penetratingly in the fruit, spreads itself through all the remaining parts, colouring the roots and the juices of the stem and this with a very rich and powerful hue 6.30 So, again, the colour of the wood passes from yellow through the different degrees of red up to pure red and on to brown Blue woods are unknown to me and in this degree of organisation the active side exhibits itself powerfully although both principles appear balanced in the general green of the plant 6.31 we have seen above that the germ pushing from the earth is generally white and yellowish but that by means of the action of light and air it acquires a green colour. The same happens with young leaves of trees as may be seen, for example, in the birch, the young leaves of which are yellowish and if boiled yield a beautiful yellow juice. Afterwards they become greener while the leaves of other trees become gradually blue-green. 6:32. Thus a yellow ingredient appears to belong more essentially to leaves than a blue one, for this last vanishes in the autumn, and the yellow of the leaf appears changed to a brown colour. Still more remarkable, however, are the particular cases where leaves in autumn again become pure yellow, and others increase to the brightest red. 633. Other plants, again, may, by artificial treatment, be entirely converted to a colouring matter, which is as fine, active, and infinitely divisible as any other. Indigo and madder, with which so much is affected, are examples. Lichens are also used for dyes. 634. To this fact another stands immediately opposed. We can, namely, extract the colouring parts of plants and, as it were, exhibit it apart while the organisation does not on this account appear to suffer at all. The colours of flowers may be extracted by spirits of wine and tinge it, the petals meanwhile becoming white. 635 There are various modes of acting on flowers and their juices by reagents. This has been done by Boyle and in many experiments. Roses are bleached by sulphur, and may be restored to their first state by other acids. Roses are turned green by the smoke of tobacco. End of section 32 Recording by Chris Gray CG Systems and Gadgets and plants for pussy cats